Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, a podcast presentation of Black Barrel Media and Ritual Productions. This is an episode-by-episode look at the award-winning TV show Friday Night Lights created by Peter Berg. I'm Stacey Rostano. I played Mindy Collette Riggins. And I'm Derek Phillips, and I played Billy Riggins. Our assumption is that you, our listeners, have already watched the show. But if you haven't already, go watch Friday Night Lights, which is currently streaming on Netflix and Amazon, because there will be spoilers on our podcast. If you would like to support our show, subscribe for free to our YouTube channel where you can access exclusive content. We have a YouTube handle that makes it easy to find us. That's youtube.com slash at Clear Eyes Full Hearts. Also, we are continuing to release new episodes of the podcast every other week. So join us as we recap all your favorite episodes, chat with amazing guests, and answer your questions. Email us anything you want to know at Pod at gmail.com. We're here, Season 5, Episode 12, Texas Whatever, written by Carrie Aaron and directed by Kyle Chandler. The TV synopsis from NBC reads, The fate of East Dillon's football program is decided, and the Taylors face a tough decision about their future. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, but before we get into it, let's answer a few fan questions. Okay, our first question comes from Regina M., who asks, if you could choose any character from FNL to have their own spinoff series, who would it be and why? Stacey, do you have a you have an answer there for Regina? If you think about it from season one to now, any of the characters, even the ones that we only meet for like an episode or two, there are so many ways that this could go. Yeah. Everybody knows what my answer is, though. And like, I don't want to be cliche, but I really do think it would be a good story if we followed Voodoo. I'm sorry, guys. I think it would be good. <laughs> oh, you're nuts. That kid gets displaced from his home. Uh-huh. He comes here, but then he ends up somewhere else. I would love to follow his family. Like, does he end up playing for D1? I like I I would watch. Is he like an anti-hero, kind of like Tony Soprano? Anti-hero that we grow to love. Or maybe he becomes a hero. But listen, it's only if it's Aldous doing it. Like, nobody else can play that character. I always kind of wondered what happened to Tim and Tyra after this. And so I'd love to follow Tim and Tyra. You could call the whole thing the Riggins. I don't know that they actually end up together. I've always been interested, obviously. I'm a little biased here in what happened with Billy and Mindy and Tim and everybody after the show ended. I had those questions this episode. Yeah. I want Tim and Tyra to not necessarily be in Dylan. Yeah, I hear you. It's kind of a tough thing because Tim's whole entire life is like wanting to own that little plot of land in Dylan, Texas. And I think Tyra wants more out of life. But I often think about how Tim and Tyra could wind up being like the new Coach Taylor and Tammy. I think there's a lot of similarities between those characters. You know, Coach has a great heart. He's always a good guy, maybe a little emotional sometimes, but always has in mind the best interest for everyone around him. Tammy is always right. (laughs) There would be something, too, about Luke going off to... Yeah, yeah. Like, it would be a completely different show, but following him through, like, basic training and maybe going off to war or something. Yeah. That's such a good question because, like, literally a million, like... Like, I'm thinking about like spider web paths, like that just stretch out. It could go anywhere. Yeah. Somebody write those. I want to hear what happens with Matt and Julie. You know, I mean, I want to find out what happens with those guys. I want everything. Maybe what we're talking about is an FNL spinoff that's just a 10 years later, 15 years later. It's the later. movie that we never yeah, did, is what we want, is basically what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. The script is written. Yeah. No, we haven't read it, guys, but I want to. I know, okay. I never read it. So that, that's whatever that is. I want all of the spinoffs. I can't believe this is the second to last episode we're almost done. So I want all of them. Okay. That's crazy. Next question comes from Lindsay R., who says, is there anything in your storylines that you wish you could go back and change? Oh, man. 
in my storyline specifically or in the show? Yeah, like specifically, yeah, I think for Billy. Because if it's just the show, I think that we've harped on it enough, but the murder oh, storyline is obviously a storyline that I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want to go back and change, and I'm sure Jason Kadams would too. And Other than that, though, show-wise, nothing. But is there something Billy-specific? Not necessarily. I mean, it's not a Billy thing. There is a storyline that I thought would have been really, really cool that we would have gotten to do where Billy and Mindy would have kind of started hanging out with Coach and Tammy, and Coach and Tammy would have been kind of our mentors in respect. Yeah. And that was a storyline that had been pitched out to me. Not pitched out, but I'd been told was going to be incorporated in season five, and it just kind of didn't wind up happening. No, it didn't. But if you watch, like, I do end up with... Tammy in the stands all the time and you're mm-hmm. like it happens off screen anyway and there's yeah. little there's little like hints of it and I think Billy's relationship with coach as the series goes on is you know he winds up being coach's right hand man in some respects on the football field so there's a little bit of that and he is learning from coach as he goes and I think Billy becomes a better person as the series goes oh, on oh yeah 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 especially season five I gotta tell you I don't know that I would change anything there's nothing specifically for my storyline that I would change. There's one storyline also that I know they had intended or wanted to have happen, which is in the final episode, like who becomes the head football coach for the Dillon Panthers because, spoiler alert, coach is no longer there. They've moved to Philly. But anyway, they had originally reached out to Billy Bob Thornton to come back and be the coach. So have oh, this kind right. of full you circle thing. Me. And unfortunately, Billy Bob was working on something else and they just couldn't make it work. So they just never focus on who the actual head coach is going to be. And I think some people have misinterpreted that and thinking that because Billy is coaching with the Panthers, that he's the head coach, but that's not the way that we, it was scripted, at least. We just know that Billy's gotten a job coaching, which is, you know, he's kind of landed on his feet a little bit because hey. it's kind of up in the air. It's what's going to happen with Billy in this episode. I did jokingly one night when we were out with Roland Jones pitch him a musical episode and he said no. So I am sad that that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm not. I can't sing. He actually said huh yeah no really <laughs> one, one second he goes huh because i think gray's anatomy had just done theirs and i was like let's do it let's do it did they do a musical episode oh my god Derek phillips i'm making you watch it as soon as we're done with this yep. yeah i'm not doing that our final question comes from joe in bristol uk bristol uk wow we got fans all over the place who writes one of the things that's clearly indicated throughout fnl is how rough a childhood the riggins brothers had We've seen that the dad is a wrongin' firsthand, and what we've heard about their mom wasn't great either. Yet, I feel both brothers have good hearts and show it in their own ways. From how Tim treats Julie and Becky, takes the rap for Billy, and how Billy eventually works really hard to become a good dad and family guy. And to give him full credit, also bringing up Tim when he was barely an adult himself. Whilst it might take them a while to get there, they ultimately often do the right thing. Is this a question or a statement? Come on, you. I'm just, also, is Joe from Bristol, Derek Phillips? There's a lot of lovely comments about me. I'll take them. Thank you, Joe. So somehow, despite it all, they've learned to be good humans from someone slash somewhere. My theory is that they had a really nice grandparent. Oh, interesting. Who had a wayward child, a.k.a. one of their parents, who was around in their early lives and showed them kindness and the right way to do things. What do you guys think? I've never actually thought about that before. Never. That there was like a grandparent or grandparents for that matter. It's not something that ever really came up on the show with Tim and Billy. And it's not something that I personally thought about very often. I would think if it was, it would be something that was talked about Yeah. in some way. We talk about this in life all the time, nature versus nurture. And I think that just in general, there's a moral compass that these two guys have. They never had the nurture part of it. But in their nature, I think they're decent human beings. I think that comes innately from who they are as people. The nurture part is the thing that has them constantly screwing up and making stupid choices and bad decisions. I think, you know, had they grown up with mentors like Coach and Tammy, I think you'd have two really well-adjusted good human beings. As it turns out, I think you got some good human beings that make some really stupid mistakes. Make some poor choices. Yeah, make some bad choices along the way. Yeah, I mean, like, you and I both, our characters both, like, well, you paid for all of it, but, like, I paid for the rent at my house and took care of my family. That's just Dylan. Like, we know there's the bad dad clubs of Dylan, but the core of everything is, like, everybody takes care of their family. Well, the good people take care of their family. Yeah. And Dylan. Even the bad people are trying to take care of their family. To the best of their abilities. Yeah. I would say. A lot of people going about things the wrong way, as we've discussed on this show numerous times. You know, good intentions, the well-laid plans of mice and men. Yeah, that's true. It's the good intentions, but maybe you don't know how to execute. 
Thank you guys again for all these questions. I think this is the last time we're going to answer questions. I just got goosebumps when you said There's that. There's going to be a lot of laughs coming up. Oh my God. Listen, if there's more questions that come through the email, I'll do a solo mailbag episode by <laughs> myself, guys. Keep emailing, please. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much for all the questions. It's made our job so much easier and we love hearing from you. So thank you guys for keeping them coming. Stacy, are you ready? Second to last rewatch? I'm sad, but yes, I'm ready. All right. Let's start it off. Okay, right off the bat, I love that at the start of this episode, Tammy is in a cab coming back home after her trip to Braymore, the college in Philadelphia. It seems the coach lives by my hard and fast rule. What is your hard and fast rule? That I don't pick people up from the airport, Stacy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have two rules that I live by, people. I don't pick you up from the airport and I won't help you move. I'm trying to incorporate a third rule. It's I'm not going to see your play, right? That's right. That's right. I'm not going to see your I'm play see or your, your play. musical performance, you know, whatever, your band. Uh-uh. I'm done with it. What I love about that one is that then Derek shows up and it's like, oh, I'm special because he did come. I always break that rule. But yeah, I won't help you move, though. I will not help you move. I will not peek you from the airport. We are adults. You hire people to do that. Sorry. Now, I also understand that some people are going to go, well, some of us can't afford that. And I get that. When I was young, I helped so many people move. I feel like so every many weekend, people. that's all I did was just go help people move. That's all I and did. And then you eat pizza on boxes. Buying me a six pack of beer and some pizza isn't going to cut it anymore, people. Sorry. Sorry. Stop moving. Exactly. I watched this episode on Amazon and you click on the episode and it gives a little Amazon blurb. And this one said, the fate of Dylan's football program is decided. Taylor Kitsch guest stars. <laughs> I think that was their whole thing for this episode. And I looked back through the other ones and they never talk about it. It's like not a part of their thing, but this was really special to Amazon that Taylor Kitsch guest stars. I guess so. Yeah. They needed to put it out there. Okay. You guys, I can't even explain what it meant to have Kyle Chandler as the director. It seemed like this perfect penultimate act for Friday Night Lights because he couldn't be the one for the finale. Kyle needed to be there fully as coach and in the episode and have only that and then what we were doing like together as a cast with the finale. But for him to do this one was so special and he let us play and I felt super safe with him. And he also got in there and got dirty with the work with us. I was so impressed with him as a director. I really enjoyed it, too. I'm going to be honest. Like, I love good directors just in general. Yeah. But I really love working with directors that also have an acting background. Pete, too. Pete yeah, knows what Pete's it's like. that way. I got to do an episode of Private Practice back in the day. Eric Stoltz directed it. Oh, did he really? Yeah, it was really fun just because you have this other actor and they can speak your language. Yeah, I had you know? Debbie I had Debbie Allen on Grey's Anatomy and like, are yeah. you kidding me? I was in heaven. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. Kyle was great. So, I mean, that's the thing is he speaks your language. He knows exactly what it is you're trying to do in the scene, what you're yeah. attempting to do. And he knows and where the characters so well anyway. Yeah. So he would never ask to do something that was out of character. It just, you guys, it was the perfect little, as I'm saying, penultimate act. I remember this scene, it's you and I getting the ultrasound and finding out that we have twins. I was still incredibly self-conscious. I had a huge swollen belly with a giant bruise on it from that emergency surgery that I had had I think it was like a week before this and Kyle like really walked me through it and made sure that I was covered where I wanted to be from the camera angles and the makeup ladies were so good with me but he really helped me through this scene and like I didn't want to sit there exposing my surgery belly but he walked me through it because we couldn't change the script like we had to do it the thing I remember about that scene and this is something that was kind of fun once again having Kyle there is that a lot of times I just come in and do you know I read the script this is what I think it is and I do it and they'd be like all right cool boom Moving on. And I remember originally the script was like twins. We're having twins. In my mind, Billy was kind of like shocked and not excited about this. And Kyle was like, do you have kids? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, I was super excited when I found out that. And I was like, okay. And so if you notice when Billy's in this scene, Billy's now excited that there's twins coming. He hasn't thought about the repercussions of what this might mean. That's very Billy, though. But it's also Billy, and I thought Kyle had a pretty good insight there that Billy would not think too far ahead, and he'd just be excited about He's the moment. He's not a big picture person. He's like, yes. this moment, that's cool. I'm getting yes. my football team. <laughs> it's only later in the episode that he's like, wait a minute, how am I going to pay for this? Oh, What's going to happen with football? Am I going to be a coach next year? Is there going to be a team next year? He hasn't really thought that through. And I yeah. thought that was a, a nice little adjustment that Kyle gave me in that scene. I love that. Speaking of Kyle, I really want to talk about the scene with Kyle and Connie where she tells him about the job offer in Philadelphia. Ugh. And Coach responds by saying, Texas is where I work. And he says, I work. 
Uh-huh. Texas is where I have a job. And the Tammy says, how many times have we moved before for your job? That was just a big punch in the gut to me watching it. And a big punch in the gut to coach, I'm sure. It's also the end of the cold open for this episode. And I remember reading that scene for the first time and 100% agreeing with coach. Really? Until Tammy delivered that line. I get No, I get it. Because at first it was this idea that like, you're not going to pack up and leave. And I think that comes also from being a man. You know what I mean? No, this is what I do. This is what my career is. This yeah. Is, and not taking into consideration that her career is equally as important, that her career means just as much to her as it does to coach. And I don't think that I'd taken that into consideration until she said her line, which was, you know, how many times have we had to move for your job? And it was like, oh, that's true. You know, I think because we come from a male-dominated society that it's always been, well, this is what I do for a living and this is what my job is. Tammy's talking about an opportunity here where it's probably more money than what Coach oh, no, will be No, I what I was just about to say. To be the dean, yeah. and, you know, she's going to make so much more money. Yeah. They're going to go into a different lifestyle if this yes. happens. Yes, yes. And how much better that would be for their family. Look, money isn't everything, but it's a lot. Yeah, because they still have a, essentially a baby. Makes a big difference when you're struggling to pay bills every week, you know? God. I just think that this is great storytelling because it presents a conflict and it leaves room for ambiguity. And that's what this show does so well. You know, I can see people seeing this and seeing Coach's side and seeing Tammy's side and also realizing that there's just not an easy answer here. That's what it is. It's real life. Like, first of all, (laughs) Connie and Kyle are amazing, but like the writer, Carrie, and the people that created this story too, it's just so damn good. It's so good. Here's another thing. I feel like I'm yapping all day about Kyle Chandler directing this episode, but <laughs> the scene that we had here with Tim and Billy in the bar where Billy comes back to try and basically have like a... Never saw this scene. Oh, really? Oh, God, it's so good. This is another time where Kyle gave me a great note, and I think it totally changed the direction of where I wanted to come in and play this scene. I came in there, and I got into this argument with Tim in the scene, and I started to cry as the character because there was this disconnect between Tim and I and Kyle said, no, nah, man, he said, that might happen later, but that's not happening here. Right now, you're too pissed off. Yeah. And so don't let him win. Don't let him win in this scene. And I thought that that was also a great note in this moment. And so Billy's upset and their relationship is strained. And while he loves his brother, don't let him win here. That's what it is, though. If you cry, he has the power then in that dynamic. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's one of those things, too, where sometimes I think as an actor, you don't see what the whole episode is. You know what I mean? You see what your role in this moment is. And it's not to say that what I was feeling wasn't truthful. It's the fact that what this episode is about is Tim trying to figure out where he's going and what his future is going to be. And these two guys are so stubborn and hard-headed, they're not going to give each other an inch. And you serve that story. And if I give in to Tim at this moment, then it doesn't help his arc later in this episode where we find out that, yeah, he's an idiot. He's not leaving Texas. He can't leave Texas. God, that's so interesting. It, w- it would change his arc. God. Yeah. Kyle. Jesus. Yeah, man. Come on. All right, I'm done yapping about Kyle and his amazing ability. We're going to talk about him later. This <laughs> Jess Vince scene hit me, another one that just hit me in the gut because she's so right. If the Lions are gone and if Coach Taylor isn't there, there is no other coach that is going to give Jess what she has. They would laugh in her face. No one's going to yeah. let her shadow them, let alone let her think that she could do this as a possible job opportunity. That, that yeah. this is it for her. I was thinking like there's probably not another coach in all of Texas that would even let her pursue this. I can't I can't, in my head like being from Texas, I agree with and you. Especially, they would laugh at I her. mean this is 15 years ago. Like I Yeah, can't, that's I mean, the thing. She's the pioneer now. of this. All these other kids, it's going to be awful. They're going to have to go to a new school, blah, 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 blah. But this is the end of her pursuit of any kind of career or anything in football. That's it. You guys find a whole new thing. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Jesus. Got to talk about this scene with the recruiter talking to Luke. He's getting recruited by this tiny little college called Warrenfield State, and it's located in some podunk town called Oak Bluff. And their big claim to fame is that they just got a Costco and a movie theater in the year prior. And this totally reminds me of being in high school. I got recruited by this teeny, teeny little school to go wrestle in college. And I remember talking to their recruiter and their coach. And he was like, yeah, man, we've got this ice skating rink and all the promotional material for this college, this little teeny little college, was that they had an ice skating rink. And I don't know if the school was built around an ice skating rink. I don't know. But that's all that they could talk about in their recruiting promos. And all the pictures at the school are like, kids on an ice skating rink. And I'm like, I don't even ice skate. I'm a wrestler, dude. Yeah, it was so weird. 
these little teeny schools. They don't have much to offer. They got a Costco and they got a movie theater. And he even says, you like fishing? We can go fishing. It's like Luke is kind of realizing, much like I did, you know, as much as I wanted to play sports in college, it was like, this isn't the same anymore. I don't know that I love it like that. Yeah. Do I love it to that extent where I'm willing to go do that? I had a bunch. It wasn't recruiting, but I did this thespian convention and I won a scholarship there and I had a bunch of colleges come up and talk to me about going Mm -hmm. to their school and they would always tell me about like one sort of pseudo famous person that went there and like that was my in and I was like okay yeah that one like person that was in one movie went to (laughs) I think that's the difficult thing about playing sports in high school because you know when you start out when you're in elementary school or in junior high the sky's the limit there's the idea of playing on Sundays and being in the NFL and you know you have all these delusions of grandeur, and as time goes on, either through junior high or in high school, you start realizing, well, I don't know that I'm really good enough to play in the NFL. And then reality really kicks in, and it's like, am I even good enough to play in college? Yeah, and that big fish in a little pond. Like, if you're a big fish in Dylan, Dylan's still really little. Yeah. And then I think the idea of, like, well, I'll play in college, but now you're not getting a scholarship. They're not paying for you to go to school. You're going to be going both ways, and there is no end game here. You know, it's not like... You crush it in a Division three school, you're going to go play in the NFL. Aren't you just making more work for yourself that way? Basically. Like you got to go to school and do that if it's not going to be your life? If you're not getting a scholarship for it, it's just got to be a pure love of the game. Well, you got to you know? really love it, which I guess people do. I think that there's a lot of guys that when they get to college, they realize that this isn't fun anymore as much as it is a business. You and know, then 10 years later, you realize everything and your body hurts every time you wake up. Yeah, there's that other side to it. You don't know that when you're sure. 19, though. Okay, listen. No. We all know I am a logical thinker. I don't love it. I wish I was a big dreamer. But looking at this logistically, slamming Sammy Mead is right on the radio when he's saying, like, this. there's no question about this. It's the Panthers. They have the field. They have that locker room. They have the Jumbotron. The only thing the Lions have right now is that they have Coach Taylor. Yeah. I don't even see, as much as Friday Night Lights gives us these things where we're like, God, I don't know which way this one goes. Like, there's only one answer to this if we're being logic. If it was about heart, great. Yeah. It's not. That's where the money is. No. I think where the big conflict comes in is when that booster shows up at Buddy's door and makes, he also makes a compelling argument that basically the Panthers are coming back. You can either jump on board or miss the train. Yeah. The problem is... That no Lions means no Coach Taylor. So Buddy's once again caught in the crosshairs between his love of football, his love of Dylan, and his loyalty to Eric Taylor. We're going to learn very quickly that Buddy does what Buddy does well, and that's get in on the ground floor. Yeah. You know, and start pushing for Eric Taylor to be the next coach of the quote-unquote super team Dylan Panthers. Yeah. You know, because he sees the writing on the wall. Dylan's done. It's or done. East Dylan's done. Yeah. The Lions are done. That's where I think the big conundrum comes in, you know, because I, I think mean, you're I right. I get it. Slam and Sammy's basically said it. He's it's right. It's like, why would you even consider East Dillon? Yeah, the whole big meeting where everybody's screaming. I'm like, guys, this is a done deal. What are we talking about? The only thing that's not done is people's emotions about it. And we as an audience have grown to love them so much that we're like, no, but we need it. Like, whatever. I get it. Yeah. All I got to say is Annie Palicki came back on my screen and there was just <laughs> something about that girl's face and I freaking love it and I want to smush it and her big gorgeous smile and it made me so happy. It makes me happy too. I mean, not just because we love the character so much and not just because I love Palicki so much as a person. Mm -hmm. It was so fun having her back down on the show that last month. It felt like home again. Yeah, it was great. It was great. We had a great time. Her and Taylor. Oh God, that was so good. Remember Taylor had a big 4th of July party. Yes, I remember. I'm still recovering. (laughs) I think we all were. My God. But yeah, it was just uh, so much fun having everybody back in town. It was like a high school reunion. It was cool to see the mix, too, of like Journey and Annie and Michael B and having the younger kids with the older kids come back. And we had sort of always watched all of it together. But to watch them, like Michael B came to the 4th of July party and I was like, it's like one big, beautiful thing. It was very, very cool. I also wanted to talk about how, you know, we've seen... In the past episode, how much Tim has changed. I mean, even at the start of this episode, he's losing it, you know, throwing all of his stuff out of the trailer that he's living in. I had to watch that three times. I couldn't tell if somebody was in the trailer and he was mad at that person or if maybe the trailer was feeling like his jail cell. I was so interested in what it was. I don't know internally what was going on with him in that moment. I just know that he's not adjusting well. There was a lot. Yeah, he's not adjusting well. 
to life on the outside. Like, I don't think it's mine too, no, but I was so interested in it. But I thought of it in this moment where the minute we see her, it hit me. I was like, he's got nobody. Nobody. Street's gone. Lila's gone. Saracen's gone. I mean, even Smash, who he, you know, bucked heads with on a regular basis, even Smash is gone. Mm -hmm. And maybe Tyra can be that person. You know what I mean? That person that he can talk to. Because he can't talk to Billy about this. The biggest problem he has is that Billy is the reason he went away to prison. And Becky's just bad news anyway, whatever. But, like, think about how full circle this is to the pilot. Right. She's always been kind of a grounding space for Tim. Yeah. I love the full circle of it. I love it, too. I think that's why I was saying, you know, that question that we got asked earlier. It's Yeah. Even though I know that these guys probably shouldn't be in the same town together lifetime, you know, I don't want Tyra to end up back in Dill. I want more for Tyra than that. I want her in politics. I don't know why. But I want Tim and her together. I love it. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, the writers had that in their heads all along. I don't know. It just makes sense. I love it so much. Yeah. Tammy says, can this family do something besides football? I heard her like as a woman and as a teacher, but also like as a huge fan of this show now, it hit my gut. And I'm yeah. like, no, football is you or maybe for a while it's not. As an FNL fan, it hit my gut. I think that it's that moment where she's saying, you know, does every decision have to be made around football yeah. in some respects? Because you know, it has. It, once again, I mean, I can totally see both sides of this argument. Unfortunately, if we're being honest with ourselves, Tammy's right, as always. She is. You know? She totally is. It would be a no-brainer if the, if the tables were turned and coach got offered some amazing job. If he got offered the job of the head coach at that school in Philly. Yeah. Like in Arby. Yeah. Right? I think so. This scene with us on the bed. First of all, this is the scene I talked about before where I was looking around and I was like, where's Heather? Where's Heather? Where's the third camera? And she very slowly oh. opened the <laughs> closet door and it was so creepy. And then she just closed the closet door really slowly. So that's where one camera was. Heather's our camera operator, one of our camera operators who we had it on the show. It was so genius. Yeah. Kyle sat down on the bed with us before this scene and he was like, you guys, I had this exact conversation with my pregnant wife. He's like, wow. this is incredibly real. This is how we talk. And like him talking me through, like it's hormones and it's finances, but like every demon that Mindy's fighting in that moment is something that like they talked about. And it gave me like a place to start from that was so cool. I don't remember this scene at all. Oh God, this is one of my favorites. I loved this. I mean, you crushed it. Thank you. Which was kind of fun. That's what made it fun to watch is I'm like, oh. I think maybe I don't remember it because you're carrying all the weight in this scene. I didn't change a word either. That was exactly what they wrote for me because it was so perfect. Yeah, I'm not doing anything but following your lead kind of in this yeah. moment. You crushed that scene. I'm not sure much was written for you, but I did like verbatim what they want and then you just played yeah. with it. It was cool. I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah. This episode is going to be a lot of me screaming the names of people I love because this made me so happy. But it's my mommy. It's Dana Wheeler Nicholson. And it's just like coming home at Thanksgiving or something and seeing my family. I don't remember this scene at all at the Colette house. I do remember this scene. I think what? I remember. I do. I remember this scene specifically because Dana was in it. And because Annie was in it, and it was my first time, maybe not my first time seeing them, because we saw Dana all the time when we yeah, were down she in, Austin. Lived in Austin. Dana lived in Austin. So we would <laughs> see Dana even when she wasn't working on the show. We'd see her all the time. But it was fun to have both of them back on set. I would think I would remember because it felt weird to me to have Tyra and Becky and her in the same space, but I still don't remember it. It yeah. felt weird to have Becky at the Colette house. It makes sense story-wise, but as me, the actor, like, why don't I remember that? It's yeah. so weird. I do love that Billy has to sit there. He's just surrounded by women. Just surrounded always, by women. You're always, though. You're so Asking outnumbered. questions, you know, and he's like, I, I don't, he's just trying his best. Thank God for Stevie Hannibal. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? I, it's going to work out, okay? It's going to work out. Oh, poor Billy. Poor Billy. Becky goes to Luke and tells her about how lonely it was living with her mother. And she said it wasn't like it is now living with Bindi and Millie. Bindi and Millie? Is mm -hmm. that our mashup name? No. 
living with Mindy and Billy, and she said that we were home. Yeah. Like, living with us feels like home, except I know what she does in the next episode, and it makes me mad. Yeah. Ugh, unfortunately, we kind of know what's going to happen there. Sucks. I mean, I get it. Probably legally she passed to go back there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that works. You hit on this a little bit before with Luke, <laughs> with the recruiters. Yeah. Luke is like fighting some demons, like grown up demons, like the questions of who am I and who do I want to be and what do I have to do now to be the person I want to be? And those are like questions I faced later, like in my 30s. And he's what, 17? Going back to what we were talking about, about playing sports in high school and playing sports in general is this idea that, I mean, when I was growing up, I was going to be an NFL football player. That was what I was going to be until junior high where I realized, well, that's probably not. Well, I'll just get a college scholarship then. Well, then that didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, this thing that you spent your whole entire life pursuing from the time I was eight years old, that's all I did was play football. I played sports. Some way, shape, or form, I was going to be playing professionally or, you know, it wasn't going to end like this. And then all of a sudden, it's just taken away from you. And then it's this, well, who am I without this? What am I without that? What do I love? Like, what am yeah. I passionate about that's going to give me a future? Yeah. And there might be nothing. And for a lot of guys, unfortunately, that's the hardest part, I think. I was very, very thankful that I had acting because acting was always something that, while I didn't pursue it the same way that I did when I was in high school, it was something that I loved. I just didn't know how to go about pursuing it. No one in my family did this. You, right, know? you mean like, like, that's a job people do? Yeah. They just pick you off the street in Hollywood and you're lucky. I remember my first day of school in college, we were in an acting class and I had a teacher say, if there's anything else you love more than this, go do it. Yeah, I had a high school teacher say that. And I remember thinking the only thing I love more than this is football and I can't do that mm -hmm. anymore. So please don't tell me I can't do this too. Yeah, but it wasn't that as much as it was that I was thankful that there was something else that I loved. I had a lot of friends and still to this day have a lot I of friends. I still do. Yeah, that, if you ask them, what's your passion? And they're like, oh, yeah. I like to travel. Yeah, but they're working jobs that they're not happy in. They go to work every single day because it's a way of putting food on. I think, unfortunately, that's a lot of people. And I've always been very thankful that as difficult as this job is and as hard as it is and as heartbreaking as it can be sometimes, mm -hmm. that at least I have something that I'm passionate about that wakes me up every single day, that makes me happy, that I enjoy pursuing. I still love studying it. Yeah. The hard part's when you're not getting to work. Yeah. But when you've got the work, there's nothing better. There's literally nothing So I've always been thankful better. that I even have an opportunity to pursue that. I have a lot of friends that the thing they loved most in life was football. And a part of them died at 18 years old. And I think that that's, mm -hmm. Luke is trying to figure out at this moment, well, I'm not a football player. What am I? But, yeah. What do I do? What What is my life? And there wasn't even any lines. That was just Matt Loria's face. And it told yeah. me a million things. And it was so cool. Yeah. I'm going to scream another name right now. You guys, Shambly Ferguson, shut up on my TV screen. I adore this man so much. If you guys remember the woman who was playing Tammy's new friend at the school, Lynn Blackburn, she was one of the other teachers. This is her husband, and they are probably the two nicest people in the entire world, and I'm putting money down on that. I can't believe how chock-a-block full this episode is of people I absolutely love. What is Shambly's character in this exactly? He's the head of the school board or something like that? I would think so. He's the one who makes the final decision yes. about the teams. And the what Vince goes to him to have his impassioned speech. God, you guys, yeah. Shambly is a ridiculous stage actor. My God. Yeah, very, very talented actor. Really? Once again, so many people in this episode that I love. Lynn Blackburn was back for this episode. Shambly and Lynn were both in that scene. I also wanted to take another moment to talk about Kyle Chandler and his directing. You could talk about Kyle Chandler for three hours and I would listen to this episode again. Well, this is a slight on Kyle Chandler here. I'm about to talk some smack on Whoa. Kyle Chandler. Yes, this is correct. I literally made the noise that all of our listeners are going to make too when they listen he to gets. this episode. What? <laughs> Stop the presses. So anyway, we're shooting this truck driving scene where Billy's kind of trying to figure out what he's going to say to Coach. This is the scene that lives in infamy with our stunt coordinator on the mm. show, Justin Reamer, who is like, what the hell are you doing? Because in this scene... Billy's supposed to veer over into the left lane a little bit, which is what happens. You see it. And then he overcorrects. That's the scene as he's, you know, trying to memorize this thing for coach. We shot it. And one time I went off the road <gasps> and Reamer's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Because I went into a ditch and I'm like, sorry. Yeah, the side of that road was a ditch. Yeah. So that wasn't good. And he's like, no, dude, just overcorrect. Don't go crazy. with." Oh, sorry. Sorry. So we shot the scene like two or three times. It's not a very complicated scene. except No, for but to be fair, swirl. you're doing a lot of things in the scene. Thank you, Stacy. I'm going to give you that. But anyway, when you're shooting these scenes, there's a camera car that's in front of you. 
You know what I mean? And that's carrying the director and everybody else in the car. And usually what will happen is they'll be on a walkie. And so I've got a walkie-talkie in the car with me. And they'll go, all right, and action. You start driving the car. Sometimes you'll get some direction from the director. Kyle's directing this episode. We did two or three takes. And then Kyle goes, all right, pull the car over real quick. He goes, yeah, let's meet back up at base camp. I, I'm not happy with the way this scene's going. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know what's going on. And so I just like radio silence for like the five-minute drive back to base camp. I'm driving the truck back to base and I get out and I'm like, what's going on, dude? Is everything cool? And he's like, oh, yeah, we're good. We're moving on. So he was completely and totally fine. He just wanted to give me a heart attack basically for the five minutes that I was like, what did I do wrong? Why isn't he liking the scene? I don't know what. Oh my I'm god, doing was it here. just that he had gotten the shot he needed? Yeah, he'd already he gotten the shot. And he was ready to go. Shut up! I love him so much. But he wanted to make me feel like I was doing a terrible job. Oh my god, I love it. So thank you, Kyle. I would absolutely throw up if that happened yeah. to me. <laughs> I would, I would cry. I would it, cry in with the five minute drive was, back. Yeah, I, the whole drive back, I'm like, I don't know what, what is he? Oh what else does he want from god. me? He hasn't told me anything. I felt like I was doing it. I felt like I got what we were looking for in the scene but now he's not even talking to me about it like we have to go back to it was very formal like we have to go back to base camp and discuss this and i'm like okay what oh god i love it i love it so much you also in one of the scenes you were in video village with kyle and you were like give stacy the direction that she has to come in singing oh, and i didn't yes. know you were back there and kyle goes stace next time you enter can you just enter and sing a song and i was like yeah it felt so wrong for the moment, but I was it was Kyle, so I was like, yes, I can. And then I heard a tiny giggle, and I was like, Derek, are you back there? <laughs> I love, though, in this scene with you in the truck, like, this seems to be Billy's thing, that he writes out his thoughts first, yes. <laughs> reads them and reads them and reads them. Because he knows he has logaria. We've seen you do this, like, four times now. Yes, yes. I love it. Yeah. That was dangerous. It's because Billy's such an idiot. He has to put it down in writing. I mean, actually, it's smart. And practice, practice. Yes, I have to practice it. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. It's, oh, man. To be fair, it's what we do for this podcast, too. So, like, yes, it's 100% what I do for this podcast. (laughs) To be fair, yes, it's what Derek does for this podcast. Yeah. Stacy, not so much. Stacy can wing it. Stacy's smart enough to just talk on the fly. I am not. I'm off the cuff. I am not. I have this new game that I love playing with my friends, and it's called Don't Get Me Started. And so what I would do is like, especially if you're in the car, I would give you any topic and you go, don't get me started. And you just have to go off on that topic and why you hate it for like until you can't anymore. It's very fun, guys. Straight up. Don't get me started. (laughs) Question. After this scene with you and Coach, and like literally Mm -hmm. Coach doesn't know if you have a job because he doesn't know if he has a job. He doesn't know what's going on. What does Billy end up doing? Because I don't know and also don't answer that question if I find something out in the next episode. I don't want spoilers, but I literally don't know what happens to you. I think I already spoiled it a little bit when we had the talk back. You are a coach. I become a coach at the old school, which is Dylan. Oh, we find that out in the next episode? We just see a quick cut of Billy on the football field in oh, okay. a blue coach's uniform. So you know I that like he's that. become a coach. I like that. I can't remember if there's anything else. I still think Riggins Riggs is still in the picture. Well, who would be there, though? It, Riggins Riggs. Oh, my God. I think the coaching thing is like after school. I had a lot of coaches when I was in high school that were assistant coaches that it was a part-time job. You know, they would get to school at like 3 p.m. Yeah. But they had real jobs outside of coaching. Yeah, we had a bunch of like AAA baseball players that were Mm -hmm. baseball coaches. Yeah. They were very, very cute, by the way. Okay. I was thinking that Tim has become this wise sage except honestly in his own weird way he's always been like that yes he always has like these deep thoughts that come out and you're like he's a quiet deep well that boy yeah he gives luke great advice basically that you know put it all on the line for the state championship game and once that's over walk away in that moment that's all you have and then be done yeah there's a lot of guys as i said before that didn't do that that i know that i grew up with i'm guys in their late 40s early 50s have kids and Now they're trying to live vicariously through their children because they didn't accomplish the dreams that they had set out to accomplish when they were younger. There's a great moment at the end of season three where Tim takes his cleats off and he leaves them at the field. Oh, that's right. And that's what that moment is. He left it all on the field. Like literally. Literally. Yeah. Literally and figuratively left it all on the field. That's right. I forgot. He's in a sling, you know, so he sacrificed his body and he's leaving his cleats. Like it's an important moment. 
because he's supposed to go off and play football in college. And you know in that moment, it's not going to work on the college level. He's done. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. To be honest with you, Stace, that's what attracted me to this show more than anything else because I knew these guys. I, In some ways, I was this guy. I love that there's no romanticism of it either. Like, Smash obviously is going to get recruited. He was the Mm -hmm. best of the best. And the rest of them, it's like, you don't get to do this forever. No. My high school football team, we won districts, and then we went and played in regionals, and we lost in regionals. Going into that game, you don't know it's going to be the last time you're ever going to play football. Yeah. And then that game's over with, and you're standing there on this field with guys that you played with since you were 12 years old, and all of a sudden, it's over. And you'll never put those pads on again. I was lucky enough because of Friday Night Lights that I got to put the pads on one more time. And I got to, in some respects, because of my love of acting, I got to kind of live out that high school fantasy of getting to be back on a football field or being around football. It's so not the same thing at all, but there was a time that I like laced up my point shoes for the last time. I don't know when it was, but there was yeah. a time that I never danced on my toes again. Yeah. Don't know. And it's different. Football's different in that respect than baseball because even baseball, like you get done with baseball, baseball's over with. You can go play like a, a pickup league somewhere. Oh yeah, join a softball league. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It's not. I mean, but there are even fast pitch leagues. You're still there doing it. Full contact football leagues for old farts like me. Thank Probably God, a good by the thing, way. But yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, a bunch of old men just running around with torn ACLs. Not good. Oh, no. Okay, so Vince goes to see, again, our friend Shambly. This speech is gorgeous. Yeah. And I am so with him as a fan of the show and as a fan of Vince. But logically, it doesn't matter that this kid has heart. Doesn't yeah. matter because there's no money. Great little scene with Shambly in it, too. Gorgeous. Where he says, this is the best conversation I've had all day. Or the, he says something along those lines. Yeah. Because he's dealing this with all the this best part turmoil. of my day. Yeah, the, all this turmoil and strife and all these people, you know, ready to burn the place down. And finally you're getting just salt of the earth people telling you, hey, man, this is what this means to me and what this school means to me and what the sport means to me. And Thank you. Yeah. It literally doesn't matter, but I love your little speech. Yeah. God, I'm a terrible person. I did not know that Tim told Tyra what he did for you. Yeah. I was flabbergasted. I honestly didn't remember this scene either, but it does, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about him finally having someone that he can open up to that isn't, like, I know he loves Mindy, but, like, Mindy's also part of this. No, it's, I think this is the only person he could tell this to, Yeah, is Tyra. I can't think of anybody else. Lila wouldn't get it. I don't think Mindy knows. You're right depths of it. I guess I do need to tell you really fast, just visually, Derek just pulled a great Kyle Chandler. He took his baseball hat off and there's like some good hat hair underneath. I just need you guys to know that happened. Well, we're still talking about Kyle. You did do. It's actually really good hat hair right now. Oh, well, wow. Yeah, that scene hit me. I did know. Let's talk about my hat hair again and how good it looks really good. Thank you, Stace. I'm very proud Uh, of this. But Derek, did you know that it is a devil town? (laughs) I kind of love that they played the song. I did I too. I didn't realize it. I remembered shooting that scene, but I didn't remember them playing the Devil Town song. And I thought, oh man, what a great callback and perfect for this moment. It's so perfect for, yeah, for this moment. Because guess what? Because of budgetary concerns, it is what it the is. Still in lines or no more. Yeah, no more football team. Because it's a Devil Town. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Oof. I would like to say this Julie and Tyra scene where they're just sitting on the bed of the truck, that mm-hmm. is a very grown up Julie in that scene and I was very here for it. We talk about these moments all the time where the show kind of tackles these feelings more than it is anything else these moments that we have as we're growing up and I remember so vividly going off to college and coming back for that like first Thanksgiving break you know yeah. and being with your friends and being in that kind of weird place where you're not quite an adult yet but you're definitely not a child anymore and you're not a high school kid anymore and you're seeing all the kids still doing the high school things. The show captures this moment in time so well. It felt like the first season again, didn't it? You know, A little bit. I just love how they both need to be out of Dylan, deserve to be out of Dylan, but they're mm-hmm. like, but something about this place brings you back. And she yeah. asked about Matt and she was like, I don't know what Matt and I are, like whatever. And it was just so grown yeah. up and grounded. There's a maturity that both of them have in this moment. We're back in these old places and in these old haunts and in these old places that we saw in the first season with the drive through or the, what do they call those places? Sock hop. <laughs> it's oh, not a drive through Yeah, car hop kind of thing. Yeah. That location was used numerous times during the first season of the mm-hmm. show, but there's something very different about them being there now. They don't fit there the way that they did 
four years no, ago. No, not at all. Just the two of them there. Yeah. And that's that thing, I think, when you're in college and you go back to your old high school stopping grounds, you just, you're not it feels kind of weird. out of place. It feels weird. Because that's Ugh. what I was saying. You're not quite God, an adult yet. God, show is so good. Yeah. Damn you. It's that moment. I don't even know how to put a finger on it so much as to say that we've all had it. You've all just went and lived an incredibly new life in a different place and like come mm-hmm. back like you're going to be a little bit different. That's a huge jump in growth to that time from being like 18 in high school and 18 in college. That six months is probably the most growth that I've ever had in my life, like trying to figure out who I am. I make my rules. I go to class if I want to. I don't have a curfew. Like, do I go to this party? Like, it's it's a very big deal. It's a lot. That's why I remember being a senior in college and there was a girl that was really into me who was 18. And I was like, you're 18. That's a huge difference. She's like, it's only three years. 24 to 27 is not that big of a jump. 21 to 18 is light years. It's huge. Yeah, because like what happened, those formative years. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. It's night and day. So you need to live that away from home life. Yeah. If the Lions had stayed a team and everything sort of stayed status quo and coach That's was true. still coach, do you think the end would be the same in the going to Philly? Or does it make it easier to go to Philly? Because like Buddy was saying with Eric not wanting to go to the Panthers because it's a pride thing that it was easier for him to be like, I can walk away. Sure. That's a great question. I honestly don't know the answer to that. That would have been a dilemma to go through that. In some respects, this is almost worse because they've basically said that East Ellen is no longer going to be a football school yeah, or that they won't have a football team. So coach could go back to just being coach at Dillon and not having to worry about all the crap that comes with having no budget. No, he'd have that field. He'd have the money. He'd have yeah. Vince. Like, He's not having to mow his own field. There's no McCoy. Like, yeah. it, it's a it's a pretty cush offer if you think yeah. about it. As the head coach of the Panthers, he'd have all the money in the world, a ridiculously amazing team. I mean, the team that would be yeah. put together would be the best of- The super team would be ridiculous. Still in, and that's what they call it in the next episode. It'd be ridiculous. Is the super team, the super team. You got Vince coming back senior year, who's a stud at quarterback, and you're going to be able to pick up all these kids from Dillon that you didn't have before. I mean, if you got the state with the East Dillon Lions, imagine what you'd be able to do with the super team. So it's a lot for Coach to walk away from. I mean, basically, he's already won one state championship. He's in the running to win a second state championship. Mm-hmm. And if he becomes the coach of the Panthers... That's a given. That's a That's third. almost a given that you're going to have a third state championship. Yeah. Even Buddy Garrity says no one's done that in a six-year period of time. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's true. Maybe that... But... I don't know. Like, maybe if the pride gets out of the way, that could be a harder thing to walk away from. I don't know. Yeah. And we know that coach isn't going to let Tammy go off to Philly on her own. We've already experimented with that. You know, no, it's yeah, all that's, or too, that's too far. No way. That's yeah. not happening. I mean, we saw that in season two. Coach and Tammy are never going to live in separate towns again. You always know. So, like, Tyra walks into the bar and says something important to Tim. And it's like, okay, that's the end of the scene. But the minute you get the exterior shot of Tyra walking out of the bar, I'm like, oh, this scene isn't over. Tim's about to run out. Because there's no <laughs> reason for us to watch Tyra rock out of the bar. <laughs> and then he does the, like, run in their little suite. I love that it wasn't just a, a kiss. They had they did that like weird moment before where it's yeah, like you don't touch, but you sort of don't. It was very real and lived in. I loved it. As I said before, I do love the two of them together. I just don't want Tim to be preventing her from accomplishing her goals. I don't know? think Tyra would let that happen. No, I don't think so either. I think maybe Tyra in season one or two would, but not this Tyra. Oh, yeah. Pilot Tyra would. Yeah. Yeah. When she had all the gold chains on. Yeah, Mr. T. Tyra. Vince says to Jess... I was born with two strikes against me, and it's just such a damn good line, and it's so inherently carrier, and like, God, she's good. Yeah. I loved it. We talk about simplicity on this show all the time. I mean, this is about as simple as it gets. Tyra says to Tim that she wants him to take her someplace, and Mm. the next scene that we see them is the two of them are on Tim's land. We do some beautiful cuts just showing the land from all different angles, and then Tyra says... Alaska, Tim? Like, you're really going to go to Alaska? Mm. All she says is Alaska, Tim. Tim smirks back, and we know right there as an audience, he ain't going to Alaska. No, yeah. No. It's very sweet. He's not leaving Texas. And it's just two lines, or two words, not even two lines, two words. And Alaska, you know everything. Tim. The yeah. whole entire scene. I don't think that there's a lot of shows that would be confident that they could get that out of their actors. Oh, God, no. They would fill it up with so yeah. many words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the thing of like, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. I love it. 
there's something beautiful about that smirk too, because it's the first time I think we've seen Tim smile since he came back. One hundred percent. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God, yeah. Tyra. Guys, I'm going to do it again. It's Maddie and Grandma on the screen. I just, like, it was almost too much for me, my heart being so happy. Like, who's going to come back next? Voodoo? <laughs> no voodoo. Come on. Just to make my heart happy. But yeah, I was bawling my eyes out watching this scene with Matt and Grandma. I also love that the first shot that they have to establish her. Is that foot tapping? I love it. It's familiar and sad. Which is the first time that we see Grandma in the pilot is her foot tapping. Yep. And so there's a lot of callbacks to original things from early on in the show. These last couple of episodes, they do such a wonderful job of tying things up, of bringing us back to these moments that remind us of why we love these characters, that bring these characters back that we love so very much. It's such good closure. Just well done, man. It is so good. And then to see Matt with Grandma. But then there's also the moment where she says, you know, is your dad here? Did you tell your dad you're coming? So there's also the realization that she's gotten worse. So it's this bittersweet moment where you're just thrilled to see her and you love these two people so much and you're so glad that they're back together. But it's also that reminder that she is suffering with an illness that's not going to get any better. This episode really, really solidified and hit it for me how much I've fallen in love with these people. Yeah. I knew I liked the show and I get it. I'm like, I get why people love this show. But this one specifically with those people coming back, I was like, oh God, I like actually care about these characters. Yeah. Thanks a lot for her heart fighting it. And as we've said before, not only these characters that are coming back, but all these characters that we've grown to love, Vince and Luke and Jess. and Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Tank. I love them. Yeah, I love all and, of them. And Becky. All of them. Yeah. I'm so in love. This last scene was such a good ending to this episode. And Tammy just says, 18 years. Yeah. Buddy shows up at the door and basically is about to tell Coach, like, the job is yours. At least I think that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, because those other guys come too, yeah? Yeah, that basically if you want the job as head coach of Dylan, it's yours for the taking, man. And Tammy sees it. And she has a great line earlier in the episode where Julie asks her, what do you want to happen? And she says, I want for East Dillon to remain a football school, and I want to take this job. Yeah. It's life, man. Yeah. What do you want? I want this, but I also want this. And those two things are in complete and total conflict of each other. Yeah. They can have two very different thoughts at the same time. Yeah. God, this was a great episode. Great episode. Loved it. Fantastic episode. One of my favorite episodes. This is up there. This is top three for me. Yeah. Bittersweet. I know I've already used that term once, but that's that's how I feel. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for it to be over. I don't know if I'm ready either. Okay, guys, but that yeah. is it for Season 5, Episode 12. But please join us next time for Season 5, Episode 13, the final episode of Friday Night Lights titled Always. But until then, clear eyes. Well, I can't lose. Clearize Full Arts is a podcast presentation of Black Bear Media and Ritual Productions. Executive producers are Stacey Rastano and Derek Phillips, Chris and Mindy Wimmer for Black Bear Media, and Steve Walters for Ritual Productions. Our producer is Miranda Parham. Send your questions to clearizefullheartspod at gmail.com. And follow us on social media. I'm on Instagram at Stacey Rastano. And I'm also on Instagram at underscore Derek Phillips. Check us out on YouTube and blackbearmedia.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.